Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. How's everybody doing out there? I just want you to know that the team at firecracker department are just working their butts off. They really are. We're working our butts off to provide things that you need. For instance, we have our Thursday night writing group that is just so beautiful. We just get together on a Zoom call and we write. It's a workout. It's There's no judgment. There's uh, no, if you don't want to read the things that you write, you don't have to, but we encourage it because why not, right? It's this Zoom call. The stakes have never been lower. Let's just dive into our creativity a little bit. We also have like a movie club that we talk about movies and we have our script reading department. You know, there's a lot going on. If you can't say, I mean, a lot of people talk about firecracker department and then they say, oh man, you have a lot going on. Yeah, we do. But it's really exciting and I promise you that if you feel like you're missing something from your world, just reach out. I bet we have something that would suit you and would challenge you towards creative action and that's our jam. So make sure you reach out to us, get involved on the Facebook group or on our social media at firecrackerdept and uh, let's get you involved in the firecracker department. My guest this week is writer, director, wonderful human being, Marie Clements. And I've known Marie uh, just peripherally. Like I've known her because I lived in Vancouver for a while and I knew her work, but I've just always had such admiration for who she is as an artist. Uh, she is releasing her first dramatic feature called Red Snow, which she wrote and directed. Oh my gosh, this is such a great movie. And it's coming out digitally, digitally. Can you say that three times fast? I can't. It's coming out this Friday. That's exciting because you can all watch it. So this Friday, May 15th, you can find Red Snow on Apple TV. And I had a chance to watch the film, which by the way is shot in four languages. It's amazing. It's truly incredible. <laughs> like watching actors speak to each other and you can see their breath because it's so cold. I just have such a deeper level of respect for the artists that have put themselves through that kind of challenge, you know, when they're creating. The film is not only powerful, but it's just a beautiful story and uh, vision that Marie obviously had and she saw to fruition in, in such beauty. Red Snow won Most Popular Dramatic Feature at the Vancouver Film Festival and Marie won awards for, oh my gosh, she's won so many awards. And she has even had two Governor General's Literary Award nominations. Like She is all that and a bag of Governor General's chips, you know what I mean? Not only is her work beautiful, but it's inspiring and it's amazing storytelling and stop talking, Naomi. Let's just share the interview. Here we go. This is Marie Clements. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's busy for a pandemic, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the last time I was in a pandemic, it was not as busy as this. Yes. I know. It's like, really? Come on. How many pandemics, right? Um, I know it is, it's, I mean, I think you're probably especially busy because you've had to do this big pivot with red snow probably. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's that. And then I think because, um, you know, all the production kind of got, uh, you know, uh, blindsided, so many people are in development, right? And so all of that is being pushed forward, which is fantastic, but it's kind of unexpected how busy it really is. And are you talking theater or film? Because I know you... Uh, film, yeah. 
Yeah, I know I had a couple of productions in theater that, you know, tanked. So it'll be next year, maybe. And um, then a couple of directing gigs, you know, doc series, and they can't shoot the summer. But I, luckily, I've been developing, you know, other projects. So it's a good time to be a writer, you know? Yeah, it's a good time to be a creator. Yes, yeah. Like, I think that your brain is probably um, on fire right now because I feel like you wake up in the morning going, should I be a theater artist today or should I be a film artist today? Like you have so many, or documentaries, so many different facets to go to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, it keeps it fresh and it keeps it challenging. And, uh, you know, there's so many stories, but it's also what shape those stories take and how you choose to tell them. And I, I kind of like that challenge. It's, it's good to be able to look at it multifaceted, you know? Yeah, I actually, I used to live in Vancouver uh, Victoria and then Vancouver and so I don't think our paths crossed but I certainly were, was very aware of your theatrical contribution to that community and oh, yeah like Burning Vision I feel like Burning Vision was around the same time that I was there and, okay uh, yeah so yeah so I'm so curious because I feel like every single thing you do has such purpose and such depth and responsibility <laughs> and I just wonder like how do you a, where did you feel like you got the responsibility to tell those stories? Because a lot of people came from the similar background as you. We all have stories to tell. We all have responsibility to our ancestors. And yet you were like, I'm actually going to, this is going to be my life's work. Um, I don't think I did it uh, consciously, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I originally somewhere in the past, I was really into, for some reason, I thought I would be a, a news reporter. Uh, and so I kind of started very, uh, I mean, I did start in theater and I was like, you know, a theater kid and I trained as an actor and all those things. But I really was kind of taken with this idea of this pursuit of becoming a reporter. And I think what I loved about it was like looking at real stories and uh, finding a perspective on it or I don't know, in some naive way, I think I wanted to reveal truth that, that I didn't see, you know, it just was coming from one source. Uh, so I think from there, you know, I, I think that really influenced what I thought about theater, what I thought about story in general, and how I wanted to spend my time. I'm so curious, who gave you that, that nugget of inspiration? Um, I, that's a good question. I mean, there was some, there was some moments, I think there was like, I don't know, have you ever seen, uh, I might be Kappa? He was a photographer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll always remember going to an exhibit of his and being uh, incredibly blown away by the truth of those moments and the beauty of his artistry. And I think there was something in that that I, you know, and whether it's James Baldwin or, you know, there's certain things as artists that resonate with you and you kind of go, I recognize that person, right? I recognize that feeling um, and that pursuit and that's what I want to do. That's so interesting. I'm so, I'm so, I'm always curious about what instigated our creativity. And if it was like an art exhibit, like, did you see his photography and just be like, oh, he's telling his stories through photos and I see how to do that. You just connected to that? Yeah, I think it, I felt really emotional about it because they were so extraordinarily beautiful. And so there was one last picture, I think, and it was a picture of a soldier um, and the photo was taken just moments before he had stepped on a bomb. And so there was this kind of feeling of, um, you know, when you're seeing this photo 
and then you're seeing it in, in relation to when it was taken and how it was taken. And um, for some reason, it just seems so dramatic and so important. And so like I got in on something that I would never have seen. And I think there's something in that moment where you go, that's really what you're trying to capture are these moments where they're undeniable moments in time. Yeah. And then you had the uh, self-awareness. I don't know, because I saw photos like that as a kid. When was that exhibit? How old were you when you went to that? Uh, I don't even know. I must have been in my early 20s, you know. Uh, but we all was- saw things like that. Like, you know, funny with Burning Vision, when I was 10, we went to Japan. And my mother, who was constantly trying to educate us, took us to the Hiroshima Museum. Wow. At 10. So I was inundated. I I love your mom. Right? I know. But she was constantly like, like when we were in Japan, she took us to a school to let us know what it was like to be a Japanese kid our age. Like she was incredible in that way. And I took my my son to the Hiroshima. uh, I think we were, we went over there for the 60th anniversary. And I think my son was four. And he was like, mom, this is really heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have, well, this is what I'm saying. Like those images have stuck with me, but they certainly didn't, I don't know, inspire your direction. Do you know what I mean? I'm so interested that you and I could both look at an image and you'll take it and run with it in that direction. And I'll run with it in this direction. But I think that's the extraordinary thing about artists. And I love that no, no one artist can look at one thing and it will be entirely the same reaction or inspiration to write or to create. So I think those moments are important to register because you go, well, that picture has never left my, my soul, my brain. It was yeah. implanted and printed on you. Older. Right. Yeah. And I kind yeah. of love that we're affected as humans were affected that way. Um, yeah, it's being aware, right? I remember being in therapy and my, my therapist saying like, start being aware of like all these signs, whether it's a song that you connect to, whether it's an image and start collecting them because that's, that's our story, right? Yeah, because I think, you know, when I was younger and I, I remember thinking, oh, I must be really weird because um, nothing feels right, you know? And then- What do you mean by that? What do you mean by nothing feels right? Well, everything seems like um, like a souffle. Like everything seems like not like why is this like I don't really care, you know? Um, I don't really care about this or that or what other people care about. And it was only until I started like recognizing, you know, artists or or uh, you know, James Baldwin saved my life more than once. And I think um, I kind of went, oh, I recognize you. I understand you. And that's why I'm not normal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what kind of little, what kind of little girl were you? I was fairly strange, let's be honest. (laughs) I mean, I'm in awe of strangeness. I think we can all afford to be a little bit more strange, so. Um, I think um, I was raised, uh, uh, you know, my parents were older and uh, all my siblings are quite a bit, uh, they had their first families. And so I was pretty much raised uh, with the wolves by myself. And, um, you know, my parents were amazing, but they were an older, you know, older generation. And it was really a time when, you know, you didn't cater too much to uh, the whims of children. (laughs) I think it was great for a writer or a creator because there was a lot of time by myself. As a kid, your imagination, you know, you're so bored, you'll imagine anything. And I think, you know, we forget to be bored as human beings because, you know, great things come from boredom because you go, wow, I'm going to create my own world then. And 
I'm going to build these characters in this imaginary world and I'm going to play piano or I'm going to dance or I'm going to write a story um, or paint. So I think those things inspired, you know, out of, um, out of quietness. Really. And so your parents things. provided that platform for you. Like if you said, I'm going to create, they were like, we got paints for you or we got. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was super lucky to have, you know, the parents I had in, you know, I played piano, I danced, I sang. Um, I didn't really write until I was older, but I read like crazy. And, um, and then I was performing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which really, I think, informs you in a weird way when you're younger. So you use it all, I think. And uh, I was just kind of, I was very lucky, privileged to have that. Yeah, so they weren't shocked when you're like, I'm actually going to do this as my job. It's not going to be an anti-boredom. Um, I think it was pretty hard. On, uh, my father died when I was younger, so it was pretty hard on my mother, mostly because everyone in my family, um, what I was really great, uh, you know, a great thing that I inherited from my family was the ability to work. So if there was no like, oh, if you're reading, that meant that you were lazy, right? <laughs> so, so it was like, you know, you have to be up and doing things. Right. Um, that does not, seeing your resume and the amount of awards that you've either been nominated or won, that does not surprise me at all, that you've got this work ethics that is quite substantial. Yeah, so I mean, they really instilled that, that as a, you know, human being, like you have to be working. There's no even, so I don't, so that's helped me in other ways because, you know, sometimes this business is so up and down and I always kind of feel, well, whatever it is, that's, that's what the business is. But as a creator, my, my job is to create and be motivated, self-motivated. Well, I've been talking to a lot of friends these days about um, like our work, workaholism quality that a lot of people have. I think you and I probably share that. That is isn't it? Well, how do you, so, I mean, as you get older, you get wiser. So I'm, my, my answer to any kind of frustration is to get to work, which isn't always the best answer. Sometimes it's to sit back and let, and just breathe but that's just not my instinct yeah. how do you navigate right as you get older with the balance and your need to just work hard because that's what you've been brought up knowing I think like just naturally the I only have two positions one is that I'm run I'm going as fast as I can or I'm lying down stopped I am too I know and then do you find it hard when like once I've stopped I'll take like Saturday I've started saying like Saturday is zoom free but then like Sunday, I'm like, well, maybe Sunday's Zoom free too. And then suddenly Monday comes and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I sort of, I relish my boredom. Yeah. Well, I'm also like, I, I think growing up, uh, my father was a logger. So part of uh, a lot of hours of my childhood was spent in forests, you know, um, and like a lot of hours, like, you know, nine, 10, 11 hours a day, you know, yeah. sitting in a truck or sitting in the forest. Oh, well, he was working. And I think what it also instilled is an ability to be by yourself and in nature and kind of go, for me, that's kind of what, you know, I might not need other things, but I, I do need to reconnect with it and kind of be re-energized from um, that world. Yeah, it feels like you have brought that world into your work. Like, I mean, I was just marveling at, is it four, four different languages in Red Snow? Yeah, yeah. That, that I mean... That's also like, I think a responsibility because you could have easily just done English. You could have just chosen everybody speaks English or you should, but you, you chose to delve into that, which is 
honoring your past as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that process? Well, I think, um, yeah, English is a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just getting it now. I just figured it out, yes. Almost barely speak English now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm but, rusty. Um, <laughs> but there's something about the responsibility and the privilege of engaging in other languages. Um, and what you, no matter what happens in that engagement, you're going to learn something about uh, you'll have a new perspective. You'll have a new understanding of a part of the world you never did before. Yeah. And I think there's just something so brilliant about that. You know, there's something just so brilliant. I love it so much. We just watched the film Atlantic. Have you seen Atlantic? No, no. Oh, and they have like these, it just, it's just a lot of languages. So it reminded me of yours, but it did just like color my entire experience with that film that gave me insight that I would not have normally got even just like the music of the language because sometimes you know like I'll I won't read the subtitles and I'll just hear the music and I you know there was a there was actually a scene that I was like man you didn't even need to have subtitles because it was the scene where the where he was challenging I don't want to give anything away but the challenging the little boy and saying like you're a you're are you a soldier he was like I want to be a teacher (laughs) it's so sweet but like you could see those without re- reading it and hear the magic and, la- and music right. of the language. Do you speak all those languages? No, I mean, I didn't. And every, every single person in the cast had to learn a new language. No, yeah. that shocks me. Seriously, they had to. And it was like serious business. And we had the elders and cultural keepers there. And I work with a, a collaborator named Paula Dankert, who was kind of the military language police. Right. And we, like, we just almost, you know, place those words right inside those actors in such a profound way that um, it was serious <laughs> because we just felt they were so game and it was so hard. Right? Yeah. But that's a commitment to the story. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like everything you do, you just commit from the beginning okay, I know this isn't the truth, but it doesn't feel like you waver. It feels like you put two feet into your, into your project and then you're like full steam ahead without doubt. I don't have, yeah, I don't, I don't look back. No. You know? How do you do I that? Mean, <laughs> I mean, as a self-doubter, how do you do that? Well, I mean, there's lots of times after you finish a project to cry. So, you know, that's a good time to put that energy. But right. before... You know, all there is, it's this moment, uh, connecting these moments and being present in the moment and, uh, you know, dealing with um, the drama of, of the drama, but also... Of the creation of the drama. The creation of the drama is drama. So yeah. you have to be ready to fight within that for all things. And yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, there's lots of times, you know, there's a lot of time at the end of it to fall down and, you know, sleep. And um, kind of go, geez, I should have zigged instead of zag, you know, all that stuff that you do. But I think I really try to motivate myself just to be in the moment because that's where the real, that's where the real art is and that's where the real challenge is. Can you look back into your early days of creation and think, oh, I wish I'd zigged instead of zagged. But I mean, I always think about these things as not mistakes because they have led you to where you are. But is there a thing yeah. that maybe, you know, gosh, you, that your resume is so extensive. Is there something early on when you first started dipping your toe into filmmaking that you went, oh, I wish I'd chosen that way instead of that way? Do you remember one of those lessons? 
Oh, there's so many. I'd love to hear of a story of a lesson that you've carried with you and you're like, I'm never doing that again. Or like, like I find it mostly when I have an idea challenged by an outsider where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty flexible. I'm pretty accommodating. And then there's certain things that I'm like, I am not accommodating on those. Yeah, I think, I think we're trained very young to agree. And especially as women, mm. I always try to figure out, well, you know, I don't have to agree with you. I, I can respect you and still not agree with you. But as an artist, you know, my job is not to agree with you. My job is to be responsible to the art and to the story. So, uh, and I can argue with that on that level. And I think some of the great collaborators I've worked with are great artists don't really have a problem with agreeing or not agreeing. It becomes this kind of fascinating challenge to go, well, do you, you know, can you see what I see? And these are the reasons I see it, you know? Um, can you offer something better, you know? Yeah. And yeah. if you can offer better, well then, man, you win, right? I also find that um, in, in leadership roles or in directing roles, that if people challenge, sometimes directors are so set in their ways that they don't are they aren't yeah. open to collaboration when actually the collaboration is really helpful do you, do you remember a time when somebody brought you a nugget and you're like that actually is helpful absolutely that happens a lot i mean that happens with a lot of collaborators i work with because um i think what what they're trying to do is get inside your head and your in the vision of it that's kind of cool because really then they want to make the vision better the best right. it can be and that's who you want to work with right you're not necessarily, it's not that exciting to work with someone that is driven by their ego versus by their art, right? Because right. then it's a lot of work, right? It's just a lot of time, a lot of work, and it's not exciting. Do you remember a time um, when you had to keep your own ego in check for that? Because I'm, it's fragile. <laughs> it's these little egos are fragile. I know. It's so scary out there, isn't it? Even yeah. with our own self. But you know, I try to step back all the time and go, well, I think what happened is uh, because I was an actor a long time ago yeah. and because I've worked with a lot of actors in theater um, and theater can be quite, you know, people get really passionate and really emotional and uh, about ideas and beliefs in the world and about the characters. And so you have the time, you know, which is different than film and TV, but you have the time to really dig into that. And so part of it is going, well, um, if you don't agree with me, then show me, you know, because I, I, I want to buy into what you believe in, but I'm not, I, uh, you know, I'm not sold yet. Yeah. Because I don't, I, but show me what yeah. it is you see. And I think that that ability to exercise those muscles is humbling because you go, you know what, that was way better than what I had just proposed. Um, or it's like, um, maybe not, but you know, this, this thing here works. It's amazing. I'm gonna I also that. think I love seeing like people in leadership roles being collaborators like I find I feel more safe around that it's muscular you know like you're like you're building muscle together yeah and you're able to go well no that's not the, quite the right pattern but I like this ink thing or you know and uh yeah. you know I love having those collaborations with those artists because a lot of people are really brilliant at what they do yeah and I feel like you were um unlike some people that kind of stepped into being a creator I feel like you were always, that was always your path. Like when you're an actor, I don't think, like, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think your brain just worked as an actor. No, I, I really was passionate about it. And I had all these grand dreams, but I think also, um, you know, the time I was an actor was not necessarily a great for 
uh, a Métis or Indigenous, you know, woman in yeah. the world. So I didn't, wasn't that really excited about the roles I was getting over and over again. And I think, um, and, and so, you know, you kind of separate that side because you go, do I want to be presenting this over and over again? Or um, I might as well just write it because it really sucks, you know? And it can't be as bad as what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, what was, the, um, what was the tipping point for you when you were like, that's enough, I gotta, I gotta make my own stories? I think I was in, I was doing a children's show uh, in, out of Thunder Bay, and we were touring for three months. And uh, there was four of us, and we were trying to save money, so we we're also like sleeping in the same room, partly, you know? Yeah. We're doing shows a day, we're loading in, we're loading out, we're traveling, it's flipping cold. Yeah. And there was a bowling, like there's bowling alleys or there's the bar. And, right. And I was going, you know, no problem with either of those activities. But I just thought, well, why don't I try to write something while I'm, you know, on the off time? And so I wrote Age of Iron, uh, which is an adaptation um, of the Tro Trojan Wars. And um, it was it was really great. It was really a great experience and, you know, way over my head. But I love the challenge and I love that you can, I mean, as an actor, you're waiting for the phone, you know, you're doing your work as an actor, you're always prepared, you're taking classes, you're auditioning, trying to look great, but you're waiting by the phone mm -hmm. for people to make a decision uh, if you're going to be allowed to do your art. So I think writing was just this opening kind of going, oh, you know what, like, even if no one produces this, I'm going to write it. I say that too. I hate the idea that somebody else is giving me permission to be an artist. Yeah, it's hard. It's frustrating, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when you're loading in and loading out two or three shows a day in a kid's auditorium. And that's like <laughs> trenches, man. Yeah. And everyone pays their dues, right? Yeah. Which, Do you I feel like was... you've seen a story that you have... Um, repeated or still are, are, I don't know, delving into that you approach in each one of your projects, like from Red Iron? From Iron? Hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think I do, but uh, there's been people that say I do, and I kind of love looking at it from that lens, you know, because it's hard to look, uh, like sometimes I forget I've done something, you know, like not because I just forget it, it's just like, oh, that was, you know, that was a long time ago, right? You know, 10 plays ago or, you know, um, et cetera. So you kind of go, okay, what do people see in the thread of, you know, uh, one person's um, work? Um, I kind of am interested in that and I love hearing it. I mean, I've all, always been inspired by uh, stories that um, have not been told, or not allowed to be told, inspired by women's stories, indigenous women's stories, inspired by diverse cultures and stories. So in, inspired by justice, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and how to shine light on things that um, have been hidden. Yeah, there does feel like a recurring theme of justice for your projects. I don't know why. I guess because I think, you know, early on, you know, when I was reading the newspaper, I'd be mad, you know, about something that I read yeah. and going, I have no idea why this is still continuing. Right or why this happened, and okay, I'm gonna write a story about <laughs> You know, it's funny how we get inspired, right? I mean, I looked at your, your list of awards, and I was 2002, I think you were nominated, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, for your first Jesse yeah. for um, Burning Vision. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot, yeah, I've been a bridesmaid a lot with the Jesse. Yeah. But, you know, 
<laughs> I know. But then I was like looking, like, so, so t- that was 2001. And then I think almost every year you'd either won an award or been nominated for something until 2019 or 2020, probably. Like you probably just got nominated as we've been talking and we just don't know about <laughs> it yet. We'll find out afterwards. What is, what's that perspective like? Like what was the, what was the Marie Clements in 2001 when you were told, hey, you've been non- nominated for a Jesse versus now? Hmm. I think all artists need and, and deserve to be acknowledged, you know? Yeah. And I, that's the acknowledgement that, that yeah, I, I'm just like them. I, I enjoy that acknowledgement. Yeah. But I think the real, the I don't real think that's anything that, to, to shrug about. Like, I think that's really, it's, it's validation and it's yeah. respect. And... We work hard, as you know. So I think it's, it's part of how we're built, you know, it's not just that we're ego driven people. Uh, we're built to work really hard and we're, we were, and we're really happy when we're acknowledged for that. Mm-hmm. that it means something to people so I think that's just a natural human thing I think as far as like the pursuit of excellence in your work I mean that's really what it's about you know you're you you want I think if you're driven in a certain way you want to be excellent at, at your vision mm-hmm. you want to be amazing and you want everybody uh to have a piece of that who worked on it with you yeah I mean that's gracious yes I don't think everybody is like that, but I think that you probably come from a, a vision of um, a theater background where we're all in this together. Yeah, I mean, I do feel the same way on sets even, you know, I, I feel kind of that, that definitely, you know, I'm, I'm leaning on, I'm leaning heavily on a lot of people and a lot of departments and to say, you know, this, you know, this won't be good enough, you know, this, yeah. this has to be, and everyone, we're all going to rise to that bar, you know? Did you, did you ever waver? Did you ever go, I gotta, I gotta become something more stable. <laughs> I gotta put my energy somewhere else. I'm going to go no, into, I don't know what I it would be. I did have fantasies. I did have fantasies about other occupations. What right? else would you have done? Um, I did a long time ago. I took my stockbroker's course. No, yeah. that blows my mind. Yeah. Who are your cheerleaders that kept you on the path? Well, my grandfather died young also, but I think uh, he gave me a real, um, he's Irish, and I always have this uh, piece of jade he gave me, and um, uh, sometimes when I was in theater, and sometimes in film, I'll just bring it when I have to be a little bit tough, you know, Um, because, you know, uh, he was that Irish grandfather, which was just like, no, no bullshit, you know, that's how, you know, very gracious, but no, not going to happen on my watch. Right. When's, the last, when's the last time you brought it to set? Um, pro- not for a while, but I do have like these weird emblems I bring and they have characteristics of things I need in that day and um, rituals, just like, you know, in theater, you, it's a, it's a theater is such a ritual uh, based um, occupation. And I love that about rituals. I love that people have their weird little things. Uh, they set it up in their dressing rooms and it gives them power mm-hmm. uh, have to do. So it's, I cut it, I have that when I do. Um, like even with Red Snow, um, I have all these emblems from what people gave me. And so when I have to go to festivals or things that, you know, sometimes you're not as comfortable in festivals because you're out, you know? Yep. Be a different personality and I'm like, oh man. Then I just have all these emblems, you know? I have like all the things from the show that, that means something culturally and meant something. Uh, in spirit and kind of grounds you that no this is the real thing 
this other stuff is, you know, what it is. But yeah, I, don't you find that challenging with like, you know, we become artists to practice art and then suddenly it's all about festivals and it's all about awards and it, it gets flipped on its head a little bit. How do you deal with that kind of stuff? Well, I think what I love about festivals and the whole, you know, the, that side of the business is a, it's such a huge energy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can feel the energy and it's, uh, you can get swept in it and there's cool people and there's odd people and there's strange things happening sometimes. Yep. But I, I, I love the drama of it, maybe just because I go, oh, this is another world, right? It's, uh, right. it's very dramatic and um, energizing and um, it can feed you, but it can also drain you. And so I think it's just, you know, you're trying to be grounded um, uh, in a good way. That makes sense for you. I guess that's all you can do, right? Yeah. And enjoy it, right? And then also kind of enjoy it because, you know, we forget to enjoy things. That's a really good point, too. How are you doing with um, enjoying your hard work? Um, I... I mean, I, I, what's the right word? I mean, there's times when I've been at festivals and, you know, awards and I've looked over and seen all my beautiful cast, you know, and kind of went, I just love them. And I love that they're so happy. Yeah. And I love that they're acknowledged and I love that they're, they look so beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, those moments are really special because, you know, they, there's something about um, working hard and being together in something and uh, yeah seeing each other at, on the other side of that right yeah there's nothing like it what, what yeah. do you do to um fill your tank up when you're because i find those kind of festivals i i, I enjoy them because i'm hanging out with yeah. my community but at the yeah. end i'm like oh i gotta put my pajamas on for six days and just <laughs> exactly. no, watch it's like, the office yeah. what do you do to replenish I live on an island. I live on Galliano Island. It's it's self-isolating anyways. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and um, it's just a different, very, very different world than, than you know, where I find myself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I think it's like going back to nature, like your upbringing as well probably like connects you to a level of grounding. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing to be by water, you know, it's amazing to be in the forest. Um, it's amazing not to see anybody for days on end. Yeah. Um, you know? I find water so, like, so healing. I just need to look at a glass of water and I feel better. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I yeah. might be stretching that a little bit, but. Your projects are so intense, too. Like, it's not like you've spent the day, you know, working on a, uh, like a slapstick comedy you know you're working on these intense stories I mean sometimes you find a lot of comedy on set because they are so intense that you gotta keep laughing yeah it's pretty, you know, pretty bizarre sense of humor is absolutely right that yeah. keep you going and um weird enough to get up the next day and do it again right did you have yeah. any set jokes on red snow that you uh that kept you getting through that intense intensity of that story um, I think what was, what was, uh, I mean, again, I think the land really helped us, you know, uh, most of the story was told on the land. And so there's a mo you know, there's moments in between the chaos and, and intensity where you look over and you just go, wow, this is so beautiful. Like yeah. this is, so this moment, you know, this, the flags are lifting up in the wind and the clouds are shifting the light is like you just go, this is extraordinary grace that we've been given, you know? And you go, okay, let's do it again. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
I know you're cold. I know it's yellow knife. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Things you learn for sure is how to hold your bladder in minus 40, oh. 40, right? I don't know if I would learn that. I think I would just bring extra pairs of pants. Well, there was, we did have, you know, we were like, well, we could wear the pants, you know? Right. Really? Because, I mean, where would you go otherwise? That was such vast. The trees are really small, so you can't hide behind a tree. And it takes so long to get your clothes off, right? Right. You have layers and layers and um, layers. Is there, I mean, it, you, thank God you had the layers because I don't know if the, that was CGI, but you could see the actor's breath. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, the breath was freezing on our face. Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, is there, um, is there a shot that you're most proud of in that film? Um, I, there was some really great victories. Like, like there was, you know, that moment when, you know, you're talking to your DOP and, and they go, well, you know, if we don't get it, we're not going to get it. And, you, and that sounds easy, but you kind of go, there's not, there's not going to be a take two. Right, right. right. not going to be. Um, then you're going to be messed up. Right. And you yeah. go, yeah, but we might as well do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you're working in snow, which is, you know, crazy because you have one, one take, right. And then you have to shift over everything. Um, because there's no, all the markings of snow, everything is, is really intense. And, um, so I think there was like a lot of moments like that where I was just, um, really, uh, proud that my team had the guts, you know, yeah. to do it. And that meant, you know, the actors all the way to everybody that was, you know, standing beside them outside I, the frame. I also think it's you. Like I, like, I think having a leader that is in it makes you want to be in it. Do you know what, what quality yeah. do you think you bring to a set that other directors don't? Um, well, that's hard to, I, I don't necessarily know. Um, I don't know that so well, but I do feel that um, um, I'm in it to get it, you know? Like I'm gonna, we're gonna get it and we're yeah. gonna get it fucking good, you know? And if we don't, then we're gonna do it this way. And if we don't, we're gonna do it that way. But I mean, there's moments where, you know, you have, you know, 10 people talking at you going, you know, if, if you do this, if you zig instead of zag, that's gonna happen and then, wow you know just so many dominoes can go badly yeah um, but i think there's a moment there sure will um i also kind of like that intensity you know and i think um it seems like you thrive on that kind of stuff well you know in theater it's it's a, obviously a very different game but you know when when that light goes out and uh, there's 900 people live people breathing um there's nothing like no you know like you're gonna you have to start and you have to finish yeah whatever happens happens but we'll see you on the other side yeah and so there's a kind of like i love um the intensity of that because it's it's people being in the moment so it's like whatever happens like if things go wrong there's a flood there's fire cameras you know take off uh people get hurt like you can't control that you can you know you can plan for things to be as safe and as supportive as possible but you can't plan for everything and how do you how do you do that how do you keep in the moment what keeps you present um i i want to I, I, like every scene i want to get that scene you know i can see it i can smell it i can taste it um and i i want to get it yeah and uh uh, so I'm very, I think a little bit intense that way, but I think, um, if you're with the right people, they want to also, right? 
you know, if that there's a pattern that I don't like, that's in my, you know, I go, that's not the right pattern to be on. People are running around trying to um, make it, make it better. But I think that's just dealing with like collaborators that are perfectionists and, and um, uh, what they do, you know? Yeah. Putting your team together. Um, I don't want to, but I have to wrap it up because nobody okay. wants a six hour podcast, but uh, <laughs> I have a couple, I mean, we could do it in six parts. Um, a couple of questions I always ask, what is your favorite mistake you've ever made? Hmm. Wow. Okay. What's your favorite mistake? Oh, ah, I see your, I see your I, question. I, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, um, yeah, right. Well, I think creatively, I think there's been times where I have, uh, said yes to things. Like I've, I said yes to a project last year that yeah. probably shouldn't have said, but boy, I learned a lot about myself. So <clears throat> I don't take away from that, that mistake that I made. I, I honestly don't think anybody makes mistakes. I think we just learn from our right. experiences, but that was definitely a choice that could be considered a mistake. Okay. Okay. Do you want that um, one? You can just say it's yours. That sounds good. I totally <laughs> got it. Um, I think what it is, I think I, I really want to trust people. Yeah. I want to trust what people say is true. And uh, a lot of times that works out for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times it doesn't, but I can't not do that. Yeah. You know, uh, that's if a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah what is your perception of yourself and how do you think that other people's perception is different from that? Hmm. That's a good question. Like for I me, don't... I think people yeah. think, um, I have a very, this is an odd thing to bring up, but I have a very maternal instinct. Okay. okay. But I'm really not like, I like right. hanging out with people and I sure like making people soar in their own potential, but I sure don't want to look after people. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Um, I would say because my work is pretty uh, intense and can be hardcore, I think if anything, maybe people think I'm super serious, you know? If, if it's a work thing, I mean, I really enjoy being in the room. I enjoy people and um, the weirder people are, it's, it's the funner. And I think um, that I love because I think all of that, you know, we're bringing our humanity um, into the same room. We're doing intense things, but we're also you know, weird and funny and it keeps us able to do all the serious stuff, you know? I yeah. absolutely agree with you. My final question yeah. is what advice would you have given, given to your younger self? Hmm. <laughs> uh, get a stable job. Um, uh, I guess if I was younger, what would it be? I think it would be to surround myself with people that have a similar vision and uh, an idea of the world so you're creating um you're creating up from something yeah i love that i love that yeah. um Eli, this is my final question uh what's what's next what's something that you've always wanted to do that you haven't done yet uh well i'm working on uh uh two or three different tv series and um i'm finding that really in invigorating so it's a different um rhythm uh creatively uh it's a different form and um i'm really getting into that oh i can't yeah. wait i was yeah. watching some of your work like i mean the documentaries but also like all the storytelling that you do could so suit uh, a tv type of show 
Oh, good. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, well, you know, there's stuff being done in TV that is really challenging, you know, content wise and uh, uh, culturally and all the things, all the boxes that I love. So um, it's a great place to be in right now. Well, I think you're uh, an amazing artist. I can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, thank you. So lovely to meet you. Yeah, so yeah. great to meet you yeah. too. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been a real okay. treat. Okay, you take care. I just loved meeting Marie. And I love that, you know, there's a lot that's challenging with COVID. We can talk about that for days, of course. But one of the great things is that I'm able to you know, she's she's on an island over in British Columbia. I would not have been able to speak to her for months and I get to speak with her and that's that's pretty great. I'm, I'm thrilled we're able to uh, reach out and make sure that we actually get these interviews and share them with you. Her dramatic feature debut, as I said, Red Snow will be available for streaming and download on Apple TV beginning this Friday, May 15th. Say it again, May 15th. It premiered at the Vancouver International Film Festival and then it toured the festival circuit. Like it's it's amazing. Red Snow will now be available for viewers at home across the country. So dive in, dive into this Red Snow. It's quite beautiful. You can also follow Marie at marie.clements. The film is at Red Snow the film. So go on over there. Tell Marie what you thought of the film. Tell her what you thought of the interview. Why don't you tell me at Firecracker D-E-P-T? We love all the feedback we're getting. It really um, inspires us and motivates us and jazzes us. And I thank you for it. I just want to let you know that there is something for everyone within the Firecracker department. And if you're not already part of our Firecracker members group over on Facebook, why not? You should be. It's super fun. And it sort of is our central hub for connecting with each other and there's so many amazing people like you it's kind of like what i say is these are your people come and find us this is where you'll hear about what's going on in all the departments and also meet some fabulous firecracker people from all over the world so get in on that action mondays are fdtv that's firecracker department television Wednesdays are for the comedy department Twitter takeover so go on over there for some laugh and to find out about comedians from all over the world that we support. The after show comes out on Thursdays during the day and then in the evening we have a writing group that meets on Thursday so you can be part of that as well. Come one come all. And then Sundays we do a community brunch on Zoom so everybody can come meet some of your people, hang out and then pop over to our wellness department for an amazing meditation live on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm telling you, we're busy and there's something for you. There's a department and a seat for everyone at the firecracker table. You just have to pull up a chair because really we've been waiting for you. So come on in and join the community. Stay in the loop and subscribe to our newsletter at firecrackerdepartment.com. I'm really glad you're here. Big, huge, massive, gigantic, big-hearted thank you to the whole Firecracker team. Oh my gosh, everyone who are in Los Angeles, Toronto, Vancouver, and all the way over in the UK. And we've got some Firecrackers that are humming over in New York or hoping to start a chapter over there as well. Thank you to the core members that really make everything work. They're incredible, incredible people. Remember the after show for this episode comes out on Thursday and you'll be able to meet a couple of the core members through that. And then we're gonna do a whole new episode on Tuesdays. Yeah, we don't stop. 
because we know that this stuff is important. It gives folks platforms for your voices, for your stories. And thanks to you for taking the time to listen, because you know what? There's a lot of options out there and there's a lot of information. So we're really thrilled that you chose us. Let us know what you're working on. Let us know how we can help, because I always say we're one better if you're here. And we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. I'm Naomi. Bye.